chapter twelve part two of smoke blue by jack london this librivox recording is in the public domain smoke laughed and shook his head remember snass concluded quietly anton is the only one that ever got away he was lucky unusually lucky her father had a will of iron Lebesque told smoke four eyes used to call him the frozen pirate whatever that means the tyrant of the frost the cave bear the beast primitive the king of the caribou the bearded pard and lots of such things four eyes loved words like these he taught me most of my english he was always making fun you could never tell he called me his cheetah chum after times when i was angry what is cheetah he always teased me with it she chattered on with all the eager naivete of a child which smoke found hard to reconcile with the full womanhood of her form and face yes her father was very firm everybody feared him he was terrible when angry there were the porcupines it was through them and through the lusquas that snass traded his skins at the posts and got his supplies of ammunition and tobacco he was always fair but the chief of the porcupines began to cheat and after snass had warned him twice he burned his log village and over a dozen of the porcupines were killed in the fight but there was no more cheating once when she was a little girl there was one white man killed while trying to escape no her father did not do it but he gave the order to the young men no indian ever disobeyed her father and the more smoke learned from her the more the mystery of snass deepened and tell me if it is true the girl was saying that there was a man and a woman whose names were paolo and francesca and who greatly loved each other smoke nodded four eyes told me all about it she beamed happily and so he did not make it up after all you see i was not sure i asked father but oh he was angry the indians told me he gave poor four eyes an awful talking to then there were tristan and isolt two isolts it was very sad but i should like to love that way do all the young men and women in the world do that they do not hear they just get married they do not seem to have time i am english and i will never marry an indian would you that is why i have not lighted my maiden's fire some of the young men are bothering father to make me do it libash is one of them he is a great hunter and makuk comes around singing songs he is funny to-night if you come by my tent after dark you will hear him singing out in the cold the father says i can do as i please and so i shall not light my fire you see when a girl makes up her mind to get married that is the way she lets young men know four eyes always said it was a fine custom but i noticed he never took a wife maybe he was too old he did not have much hair but i do not think he was really very old and now do you know when you are in love like paolo and francesca i mean smoke was disconcerted by the clear gaze of her blue eyes why they say he stammered those who are in love say it that love is dearer than life when one finds out that he or she likes somebody better than everybody else in the world why then they know they are in love that's the way it goes but it's awfully hard to explain you just know it that's all she looked off across the camp smoke sighed and resumed work on the fur mitten she was sewing well she announced with finality i shall never get married anyway 
once we hit out we'll sure have some tall runnin shorty said dismally the place is a big trap smoke agreed from the crest of a bald knob they gazed out over snass's snowy domain east west and south they were hemmed in by the high peaks and jumbled ranges northward the rolling country seemed interminable yet they knew even in that direction that half a dozen transverse chains blocked the way at this time of the year i could give you three days start snass told smoke that evening you can't hide your trail you see anton got away when the snow was gone my young men can travel as fast as the best white man and besides you would be breaking trail for them and when the snow is off the ground i'll see to it that you don't get the chance anton had it's a good life and soon the world fades i've never quite got over the surprise of finding how easy it is to get along without the world what's eatin me is danny mccann shorty confided to smoke he's a weak brother on any trail but he swears he knows the way out to the westward and so we got to put up with him smoke or you sure get yours we're all in the same boat smoke answered not on your life it's a comin to you straight down the pike what is you ain't heard the news smoke shook his head the bachelors told me they just got the word to-night it comes off though it's months ahead of the calendar smoke shrugged his shoulders ain't interested in hearin shorty tease i'm waitin to hear well danny's wife just told the bachelors shorty paused impressively and the bachelors told me of course that the maiden's fires is due to be lighted to-night that's all now how do you like it i don't get your drift shorty don't eh why it's plain open and shut they's a skirt after you and that skirt is going to light a fire and that skirt's name is labisque oh i've been watching her watch you when you ain't looking she ain't never lighted her fire said she wouldn't marry a indian and now when she lights a fire it's a cinch it's my poor old friend's smoke it sounds like a syllogism smoke said with a sinking heart reviewing labisque's actions of the past several days cinch is shorter to pronounce shorty returned and that's always the way just as we're working up our getaway along comes a skirt to complicate everything we ain't got no luck hey listen to that smoke three ancient squaws had halted midway between the bachelor's camp and the camp of mccann and the oldest was declaiming in shrill falsetto smoke recognized the names but not all the words and shorty translated with melancholy glee the bisque the daughter of snass the rainmaker the great chief lights her first maiden's fire to-night maka the daughter of owitz the wolf runner the recital ran through the names of a dozen maidens and then the three heralds tottered on their way to make announcements at the next fires the bachelors who had sworn youthful oaths to speak to no maidens were uninterested in the approaching ceremony and to show their disdain they made preparations for immediate departure on a mission set them by snass and upon which they had planned to start the following morning not satisfied with the old hunter's estimates of the caribou snass had decided that the run was split the task set the bachelors was to scout to the north and west in quest of the second division of the great herd smoke troubled by lebisque's fire lighting announced that he would accompany the bachelors but first he talked with shorty and with mccann you be there on the third day smoke shorty said we'll have the outfit and the dogs but remember smoke cautioned if there is any slip-up in meeting me you keep on going and get out to the yukon that's flat 
if you make it you can come back for me in the summer if i get the chance i'll make it and come back for you mccann standing by his fire indicated with his eyes a rugged mountain where the high western range out jutted on the open country that's the one he said a small stream on the south side we go up it on the third day you meet us we'll pass by on the third day anywhere you tap that stream you'll meet us or our trail but the chance did not come to smoke on the third day the bachelors had changed the direction of their scout and while shorty and mccann plodded up the stream with their dogs smoke and the bachelors were sixty miles to the northeast picking up the trail of the second caribou herd several days later through a dim twilight of falling snow they came back to the big camp a squaw ceased from wailing by a fire and darted up to smoke harsh-tongued with bitter venomous eyes she cursed him waving her arms toward a silent fur-wrapped form that still lay on the sled which had hauled it in what had happened smoke could only guess and as he came to mccann's fire he was prepared for a second cursing instead he saw mccann himself industriously chewing a strip of caribou meat i'm not a fightin man he whiningly explained but shorty got away though they're still after him he put a, up a hell of a fight they'll get him too he ain't got a chance he plugged two bucks that'll get around all right and he croaked one square through the chest yes i know smoke answered i just met the widow oh snass'll be wantin to see you mccann added them says orders soon as you come in you was to go to his fire i ain't squealed you don't know nothing keep that in mind shorty went off on his own along with me at snass's fire smoke found babisque she met him with eyes that shone with such softness and tenderness as to frighten him i'm glad you did not try to run away she said you see i she hesitated but her eyes didn't drop they swam with a light unmistakable i lighted my fire and of course it was for you it has happened i like you better than everybody else in the world better than my father better than a thousand labashes and makooks i love it is very strange i love as francesca loved as isol loved oh for i spoke true indians do not love this way but my eyes are blue and i am white we are white you and i smoke had never been proposed to in his life and he was unable to meet the situation worse it was not even a proposal his acceptance was taken for granted so thoroughly was it all arranged in labisque's mind so warm was the light in her eyes that he was amazed that she did not throw her arms around him and rest her head on his shoulder then he realized despite her candor of love that she did not know the pretty ways of love among the primitive savages such ways did not obtain she had had no chance to learn she prattled on chanting the happy burden of her love while he strove to grip himself in the effort somehow to wound her with the truth this at the very first was the golden opportunity but labisque listen he began are you sure you learned from four eyes all the story of the love of paolo and francesca she clasped her hands and laughed with an immense certitude of gladness oh there's more i knew there must be more and more of love i thought much since i lighted my fire i have and then snass strode into the fire through the falling snowflakes and smoke's opportunity was lost good evening snass bird gruffly your partner has made a mess of it i'm glad you had better sense you might tell me what's happened smoke urged the flash of white teeth through the stained beard was not pleasant certainly i'll tell you your partner has killed one of my people that snivelling shrimp mccann deserted at the first shot he'll never run away again but my hunters have got your partner in the mountains 
and they'll get him you'll never make the yukon basin as for you from now on you sleep at my fire and there'll be no more scouting with the young men i shall have my eye on you smoke's new situation at snass's fire was embarrassing he saw more of labisque than ever in its sweetness and innocence the frankness of her love was terrible her glances were love glances every look was a caress a score of times he nerved himself to tell her of joy gastel and a score of times he discovered that he was a coward the damnable part of it was that labisque was so delightful she was good to look upon despite the hurt to his self-esteem of every moment spent with her he pleasured in every such moment for the first time in his life he was really learning woman and so clear was labisque's soul so appalling in its innocence and ignorance that he could not misread a line of it all the pristine goodness of her sex was in her uncultured by the conventionality of knowledge or the deceit of self-protection in memory he reread his schopenhauer and knew beyond all cavil that the sad philosopher was wrong to know woman as smoke came to know labisque was to know that all women haters were sick men labisque was wonderful and yet beside her face in the flesh burned the vision of the face of joy gastel joy had control restraint all the feminine inhibitions of civilization yet by the trick of his fancy and the living preachment of the woman before him joy gastel was stripped to a goodness at par with labisque's the one but appreciated the other and all women of all the world appreciated by what smoke saw in the soul of labisque at snass's fire in the snowland as smoke learned about himself he remembered back to all he knew of joy gastel and he knew that he loved her yet he delighted in labisque and what was this feeling of delight but love he could demean it by no less a name love it was love it must be and he was shocked to the roots of his soul by the discovery of this polygamous strain in his nature he had heard it argued in the san francisco studios that it was possible for a man to love two women or even three women at a time but he had not believed it how could he believe it when he had not had the experience now it was different he did truly love two women and though most of the time he was quite convinced that he loved joy gastel more there were other moments when he felt with equal certainty that he loved labisque more there must be many women in the world she said one day and women like men many women must have liked you tell me he did not reply tell me she insisted i've never married he evaded and there is no one else no other isult out there beyond the mountains then it was that smoke knew himself a coward he lied reluctantly he did it but he lied he shook his head with a slow indulgent smile and in his face was more of fondness than he dreamed as he noted labisque's swift joy transfiguration he excused himself to himself his reasoning was jesuitical beyond dispute and yet he was not spartan enough to strike this child woman a quivering heart-stroke snass too was a perturbing factor in the problem little escaped his black eyes and he spoke significantly no man cares to see his daughter married he said to smoke at least no man of imagination it hurts the thought of it hurts i tell you just the same in the natural order of life margaret must marry some time a pause fell smoke caught himself wondering for the thousandth time what snass's history must be i'm a harsh cruel man snass went on yet the law is the law and i'm just now here with this primitive people i'm the law and the justice beyond my will no man goes also i'm a father and all my days i've been cursed with imagination 
whither his monologue tended smoke did not learn for it was interrupted by a burst of chiding and silvery laughter from the biscuit's tent where she played with a new-caught wolf-cub a spasm of pain twitched snass's face i can't stand it he muttered grimly margaret must be married and it is my fortune and hers that you are here i had little hopes of four eyes mccann was so hopeless i turned him over to a squaw who had lighted her fire twenty seasons if it hadn't been you it would have been an indian libash might have become the father of my grandchildren and then lebisque came from her tent to the fire the wolf cub in her arms drawn as by a magnet to gaze upon the man in her eyes the love that art had never taught to hide listen to me said mccann the spring thaws here and the crust is coming on the snow it's the time to travel except in for the spring blizzards in the mountains i know them i would run with no less a man than you but you can't run smoke contradicted you can keep up with no man your backbone is limber as thawed marrow if i run i run alone the world fades and perhaps i shall never run caribou meat is very good and soon will come summer and the salmon says snass your partner is dead my hunters did not kill him they found the body frozen in the first of the spring storms in the mountains no man can escape when shall we celebrate your marriage and lebisque i watch you there is trouble in your eyes and your face oh i do know all your face there is a little scar on your neck just under the ear when you are happy the corners of your mouth turn up when you think sad thoughts they turn down when you smile there are three and four wrinkles at the corners of your eyes when you laugh there are six sometimes i have almost counted seven but i cannot count them now i have never read books i do not know how to read but four eyes taught me much my grammar's good he taught me and in his own eyes i have seen the trouble of the hunger for the world he was often hungry for the world yet here was good meat and fish in plenty and the berries and the roots and often flour came back for the furs through the porcupines and the lusquas yet was he hungry for the world is the world so good that you too are hungry for it four eyes had nothing but you have me she sighed and shook her head four eyes died still hungry for the world and if you lived here always would you too die hungry for the world i'm afraid i do not know the world do you want to run away to the world smoke could not speak but by his mouth corner lines what she convinced minutes of silence passed in which she visibly struggled while smoke cursed himself for the unguessed weakness that enabled him to speak the truth about his hunger for the world while it kept his lips tight on the truth of the existence of the other woman again lebisque sighed very well i love you more than i fear my father's anger and he is more terrible in anger than a mountain storm you told me what love is this is the test of love i shall help you to run away back to the world smoke awakened softly and without movement warm small fingers touched his cheek and slid gently to a pressure on his lips fur with the chill of frost clinging in it next tingled his skin and the one word come was breathed in his ear he sat up carefully and listened the hundreds of wolf-dogs in the camp had lifted their nocturnal song but under the volume of it close at hand he could distinguish the light regular breathing of snass the bisque tugged gently at smoke's sleeve and he knew she wished him to follow he took his moccasins and german socks in his hand and crept out into the snow in his sleeping moccasins beyond the glow from the dying embers of the fire she indicated to him to put on his outer footgear and while he obeyed she went back under the flight where snass slept feeling the hands of his watch smoke found it was one in the morning quite warm it was he decided not more than ten below zero the biscuit rejoined him and led him on through the dark runways of the sleeping camp 
walk lightly as they could the frost crunched crisply under their moccasins but the sound was drowned by the clamour of the dogs too deep in their howling to snarl at the man and woman who passed now we can talk she said when the last fire had been left half a mile behind and now in the starlight facing him smoke noted for the first time that her arms were burdened and on feeling discovered she carried his snowshoes a rifle two belts of ammunition and his sleeping robes i have everything fixed she said with a happy little laugh i have been two days making the cash there is meat even flour matches and skis which go best on the hard crust and when they break through the webs will hold up longer oh i do know snow travel and we shall grow fast my lover smoke checked his speech that she had been arranging his escape was surprise enough but that she had planned to go with him was more than he was prepared for unable to think immediate action he gently one by one took her burdens from her he put his arm around her and pressed her close and still he could not think what to do god is good she whispered he sent me a lover yet smoke was brave enough not to suggest his going alone and before he spoke again he saw all his memory of the bright world and the sunlands real and fade we will go back Lebiscui, he said you will be my wife and we shall live always with the caribou people no no she shook her head and her body in the circle of his arm resented his proposal i know i have thought much the hunger for the world would come upon you and in the long nights it would devour your heart four eyes died of hunger for the world so would you die all men from the world hunger for it and i will not have you die we will go on across the snow mountain on the south traverse dear listen he urged we must go back she pressed her mitten against his lips to prevent further speech you love me say that you love me i do love you Lebiscui. you are my wonderful sweetheart again the mitten was a caressing obstacle to utterance we shall go on to the cache she said with decision it is three miles from here come he held back and her pull on his arm could not move him almost was he tempted to tell her of the other woman beyond the south traverse it would be a great wrong to you to go back she said i i am only a wild girl and i am afraid of the world but i am more afraid for you you see it is as you told me i love you more than anybody else in the world i love you more than myself the indian language is not a good language the english language is not a good language the thoughts in my heart for you as bright as many as the stars there is no language for them how can i tell you them they are there see as she spoke she slipped the mitten from his hand and thrust the hand inside the warmth of her parka until it rested against her heart tightly and steadily she pressed his hand in its position and in the long silence he felt the beat beat of her heart and knew that every beat of it was love and then slowly almost imperceptibly still holding his hand her body began to incline away from his and toward the direction of the cache nor could he resist it was as if he were drawn by her heart itself that so nearly lay in the hollow of his hand so firm was the crust frozen during the night after the previous day's service thaw that they slid along rapidly on their skis just here in the trees as the cache lebiscui told smoke the next moment she caught his arm with a startle of surprise the flames of a small fire were dancing merrily and crouched by the fire was mccann lebiscui muttered something in indian and so lash-like was the sound that smoke remembered that she had been called cheetah by four eyes i was minded you run without me mccann explained when they came up his small peering eyes glimmering with cunning so i kept an eye on the girl and when i seen her cashing skis and grub i was on i've brought my own skis and webs and grub the fire sure and it was no danger the camp's asleep and snoring and the waitin was cold 
will we be startin now the bisque looked swift consternation at smoke as swiftly achieved a judgment on the matter and spoke and in the speaking she showed childwoman though she was in love the quick decisiveness of one who in other affairs of life would be no clinging vine mccann you are a dog she hissed and her eyes were savage with anger i know it is in your heart to raise the camp if we do not take you very well we must take you but you know my father i am like my father you will do your share of the work you will obey and if you play one dirty trick it would be better for you if you had never run mccann looked up at her his small pig eyes hating and cringing while in her eyes turned to smoke the anger melted into luminous softness is it right what i have said she queried daylight found them in the belt of foothills that lay between the rolling country and the mountains mccann suggested breakfast but they held on not until the afternoon thaw softened the crust and prevented travel would they eat the fiddles quickly grew rugged in the stream up whose frozen bed they journeyed began to thread deeper and deeper canyons the signs of spring were less frequent though in one canyon they found foaming bits of open water and twice they came upon clumps of dwarf willow upon which were the first hints of swelling buds the bisque explained to smoke her knowledge of the country and the way she planned to baffle pursuit there were but two ways out one west the other south snass would immediately dispatch parties of young men to guard the two trails but there was another way south true it did no more than penetrate halfway into the high mountains then twisting to the west and crossing three divides it joined the regular trail when the young men found no traces on the regular trail they would turn back in the belief that the escape had been made by the west traverse never dreaming that the runaways had ventured the harder and longer way around glancing back at mccann in the rear lebisque spoke in an undertone to smoke he is eating she said it is not good smoke looked the irishman was secretly munching caribou suet from the pocket drawer he carried no eating between meals mccann he commanded there's no game in the country ahead and the grub will have to be whacked in equal rations from the start the only way you can travel with us is by playing fair by one o'clock the crest had thawed so that the skis broke through and before two o'clock the web shoes were breaking through camp was made and the first meal eaten smoke took stock of the food mccann's supply was a disappointment so many silver fox skins had he stuffed in the bottom of the meat bag that there was little space left for meat sure and i didn't know there were so many he explained i done it in the dark but they're worth good money and with all this ammunition we'll be gettin game a-plenty the wolves will eat you a-plenty was smoke's hopeless comment while the bisque's eyes flashed their anger enough food for a month with careful husbanding and appetites that never blunted their edge was smoke's and the bisque's judgment smoke apportioned the weight and bulk of the packs yielding in the end to lebisque's insistence that she too should carry a pack next day the stream shallowed out in a wide mountain valley and they were already breaking through the crust on the flats when they gained the harder surface of the slope of the divide ten minutes later and we wouldn't have got across the flats smoke said when they paused for breath on the bald crest of the summit we must be a thousand feet higher here but lebisque without speaking pointed down to an open flat among the trees in the midst of it scattered abreast were five dark specks that scarcely moved the young men said lebisque they are wallowing to their hips smoke said they will never gain the hard footing this day we have ours the start of them come on mccann buck up we don't eat till we can't travel mccann groaned but there was no caribou suet in his pocket and he doggedly brought up the rear 
in the higher valley in which they now found themselves the crust did not break till three in the afternoon at which time they managed to gain the shadow of a mountain where the crust was already freezing again once only they paused to get out mccann's confiscated suet which they ate as they walked the meat was frozen solid and could be eaten only after throwing over a fire but the suet crumbled in their mouths and eased the palpitating faintness in their stomachs black darkness with an overcast sky came on after a long twilight at nine o'clock when they made camp in a clump of dwarf spruce mccann was whining and helpless the day's march had been exhausting but in addition despite his nine years experience in the arctic he had been eating snow and was in agony with his parched and burning mouth he crouched by the fire and groaned while they made the camp labisque was tireless and smoke could not but marvel at the life in her body at the endurance of mind and muscle nor was her cheerfulness forced she had ever a laugh or a smile for him and her hand lingered in caress whenever it chanced to touch his yet always when she looked at mccann her face went hard and pitiless and her eyes flashed frostily in the night came wind and snow and through a day of blizzard they fought their way blindly missing the turn of the way that led up a small stream and crossed a divide to the west for two more days they wandered crossing other and wrong divides and in those two days they dropped spring behind and climbed up into the abode of winter the young men have lost our trail and was to stop us rest in a day mccann begged but no rest was accorded smoke and labisque knew their danger they were lost in the high mountains and they had seen no game nor signs of game day after day they struggled on through an iron configuration of landscape that compelled them to labyrinthine canyons and valleys that led rarely to the west once in such a canyon they could only follow it no matter where it led for the cold peaks and higher ranges on either side were unscalable and unendurable the terrible toil and the cold ate up energy yet they cut down the size of the ration they permitted themselves End of chapter twelve part two